Welcome to the Underground Playground Podcast with Mike and Steve. We're bringing you the voices and personalities of the physical culture world, so listen up. Yo, yo, yo. Steven, it's Mike. What's up, Mikey? What are you doing, buddy? Nothing, man. Figure we'd get on a little podcast today. Yeah. See what's going on. It's a good day to do a podcast, bro. Why is that? Every day is a good day to do a podcast so we can bring knowledge to the rest of the gym owners and general population as far as how fucked up running a business is in the in the fitness oh, industry. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think I, just by reading stuff online, you would think everybody has it all figured out. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. But, you know, like I'll, Matt, Matt, who's going to join us shortly, uh, I, he kind of posted an old video of him and it kind of drew, drew my attention. So I wanted to maybe bring him on board and talking about more or less like training age. And, you know, you know, he I think he was I don't even know, dude, he was doing some kind of crazy complex barbell complex with like, I don't even know, it looked like 350 or something, 355. And uh, the dude is actually pretty pretty solid at doing barbell complexes and stuff and i was like he was he was talking about how man somebody posted something or commented and he's like yeah but all the pain and all the stress these days can't do this stuff anymore you know <laughs> so it made me think about yeah. you know same here man like i you know getting older running a gym stress stress levels and you know it's it's hard to get that the fitness in you know obviously we're not going to be doing heavy heavy stuff like we used to but uh I figured it'd be a good topic to talk about amongst other things. Cause he's a, he's a funny dude, man. He's, Oh yeah. He's, he's probably the funniest guy in fitness. I think we ought to deem him that diamond Dave, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, talking about training age, man. I, I, um, I've been doing jujitsu for a while and, uh, totally got my right shoulder jacked up. It was my own fault for not tapping soon enough, but, um, <laughs> you know, you just, I, I feel like I'm, I mean, I'm 52, man. I, I keep acting like I'm 22. Yeah. You know? And so the other day, I just I just went through a little body weight warm up, and my hamstrings are sore today. Yeah. <laughs> like I barely did anything, you know. So there just got to kind of. I think getting stronger is the key, you know, just progressively yeah. stronger. Try to maintain that. Well, so. it, you know, and and that's what I love about James Fitzgerald. You know, it really is about the proper dosage of exercise to fit your needs. You know, it's. That's the difficult part, and we could talk about this all day long, is, you know, a, a general template does not work for most. And we we're talking about these group classes and can you can you really get your best fitness out of a group class? You know, I mean, we can talk about that all day long, man. And the, the problem is, you know, even if you program in different levels, like I program in three levels. Now you got to babysit and make sure that all your members are doing the right level because they want to do it one up. You know, they want to, you know, they see somebody else doing something. They're like, oh, I can do that. And then it turns into a freaking dick measuring contest. And then all of a sudden somebody jacks themselves up, you know, and that could be in anything that could be in jujitsu. That can be in CrossFit. That can be in powerlifting. That can be anywhere, you know, even a regular gym. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something to, to consider, especially as we get older. Look, I just had hip surgery three weeks ago, bro. You know, hey, Steven. Yeah, Steven. 
Hey, I'm going to cancel it. Matt's telling me he can't get on the link. I'm going to try to send you guys another link. When okay. We start it. All right. Okay. Oh, there he is right there, dude. All right. Oh, wait. <laughs> Raw and uncut, baby. All right. Hey. What's happening? What's going on, guys? What's up, Matt? I'm living the dream, man. How's Tampa treating you, bro? Orlando. Tampa's good, too. Yeah. Well, you where, what's the actual town you're in? I thought you were closer to Tampa. Um, North Orlando. Longwood, actually. Oh, okay. You're in Longwood. Okay. Were you? Is it me, man? I thought you were somewhere else in that area. No, I've I've been in this area, uh, Orlando, since uh, 2013. Uh, when I okay when I first moved to Central Florida, I was in Tampa for just a few months while uh, oh. while we were transitioning. But God damn it, I knew there was Tampa in there somewhere. I mean, I'm not, I'm getting old, dude, but I'm not that old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, D- Danny Camargo's uh, um, in Longwood area. Right? Yeah, he's not far away. Uh, he's the next town over, actually. Just just a few yeah. minutes. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's cool. I've known him for a long time. Yeah. So there's a couple other gyms around you too, right? Yeah, there's uh, there's a couple on every block, just like any Florida and California town. That's true, dude. True. That's crazy. So, Mike, you want to introduce Matt so everybody knows who he is because they all know who well, we I'll are. Well, let Matt introduce himself. Well, there man. you go, dude. That's how we freaking roll over here. How we roll. Tell us who we well, are. Well, hey there, people. Uh, Matt Wichlinski, the owner of the Strength Shop in Longwood, Florida. Uh, last couple of years, I was the head strength and conditioning coach at the WWE Performance Center here in Orlando. I got to meet and hang out with all the all the superstars, but my role was to coach all the newcomers to to you know come up the ranks and become the next superstar on Monday Night Raw. So the majority of the people that you've seen um, start on Monday Night Raw and uh, SmackDown in the last couple of years, I got to uh, got to train and work with all of them. That's cool as hell, dude. That's awesome. Dude, how was it training those guys? I mean, I, girls and guys. I mean, I know, look, you know, I, I trained, uh, I coached some of the grid athletes, and it was like a lot of games, you know, CrossFit games athletes, Olympic lifting and stuff like that. And, you know, there's a lot of different egos, man. When you're, when you're coaching coaches, you know, they, it's, it's not, it's very difficult, <laughs> um, you know. But, you know, it, I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's just, it's, uh it's not like to- coaching like a regular sports team with a bunch of high school kids or even college kids. I mean, they just seem like they're very receptive to learn stuff where, where I had a lot of pushback from a lot of those athletes where they just kind of felt like they're, you know, and, and, they, and they got it all wrong, man. I wasn't there to try to get them better at fitness. I was there to try to get them better as a team. And they didn't understand that concept coming from a CrossFit background where they were mostly individual, you know, competitors. So it was kind of difficult, but it kind of, it kind of it worked out. It meshed, and after a while, but I was just kind of curious, like you know, briefly, like tell us, like, did you have a lot of pushback? Were they pretty? And I'm sure it was a mixed mosh, but were they pretty decent at trying to learn? Were they doing stupid shit and getting hurt? Um, give us a little rundown on that. Well, Steve, you're you're leading the witness here, bro. You you know you you <laughs> you, you know the answer here. Everyone there was they they're brought in there because they've been recruited or they they found their way in because they're they're really good at what they do. WWE has an amazing recruiting system. They're all over the world: India, China, uh, Brazil, all over the country, the U.S. And uh, you know they they bring outstanding athletes in. Some from the NFL. Some guys are just uh, or and girls are just models. Um, some are amazing athletes. So these guys are already alpha males and and top top dogs, male and female. So then you you get a guy like me, 
and I'm literally one of the smallest guys in the gym on any at any given time. And uh, you're like, what the fuck do I got to listen to this guy for? So it took mm-hmm. it took quite a while to get any buy-in whatsoever because um, they already knew everything. And you know, when you have all this kind of <laughs> Alpha male attitudes, they don't want to listen to somebody else. They, they already know. And a lot of them, yeah, we're bigger and stronger than me. But So my job with working with them, like if I have a guy coming from a strongman um, background, like Braun Strowman, for example, I wasn't trying to make him any stronger. My job was to keep him as healthy as possible to uh, yeah. extend the longevity of his career. And, yeah, he was chronically injured. So doing things like trying to get him to do some some basic therapeutic exercises, some body weight stuff, because it was harder for him to do a push-up than it was to do 315, you know? Yeah. I would have, you know, yeah. do it, and uh, think about that for a second. He would warm up with 315 to do push-ups. So, you know, he was, he was over, <laughs> he was over 400 pounds. So, you know, that, yeah. that's what was harder. So I'd say that's backwards for a lot of people. So it was a learning process for one, for me, um, and mm-hmm. it was a learning process for, for them. But once you, you, you know, you show it takes some time and they understand that you actually care about them and you're trying to actually make them better. So a big part of my job was to actually pull them back and put the brakes on more than just, you know, pushing them harder. Uh, When you have motivated athletes, I I can imagine grid, uh, the the grid program, whatever that was called. uh, It's just like that. You know, you have all these, you know, high level CrossFit athletes and they want to go harder and they think, well, if, if one workout a day is good, two's better. If two's good, mm-hmm. three's better, you know, and you got people yeah. trying to do more and more and then they're just really burning the candle at both ends and sometimes yeah. the, the biggest thing as a coach is trying to pull somebody back. So yeah, there was there was a ton of pushback. Um and it was uh it was it was very very hard to try and get them to listen to everything you say. But eventually you do and then when they see the results that they would get or, or some other people, you know, when I'd start uh, talking with Cesaro, some of the, the, the bigger name guys, the superstars, and then they would mm-hmm. come back and they would talk to me. Guys like Ryback would, you know, he'd start calling me and I'd, we'd sh- uh, just share ideas. And, uh, yeah. and then when they'd start getting, you know, feedback from guys like him, okay, yeah, this was really good. Have you worked with them? Yeah. And I think it's part of, uh, you know, it's like kids that give their, their dad, their parents a bunch of grief. You know, it's like, fuck mm-hmm. dad, I'm not listening to dad. Um, but yeah. somebody else, you know, uh, a coach or one of their superstar, you know, favorite superstars might say or do one of the same things. But if it comes from LeBron James, an idea, yeah. a tip or whatever, then it's magic. But if it comes from your dad, it's worthless. You know what I mean? <laughs> so training with yeah. those guys. It's like trying training... to... Go ahead. Yeah, it's like trying to train your wife. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we, we all know that. You don't train your, your wife yeah. or girlfriend and you don't fuck your clients. Yeah. So... uh you don't you don't cross those lines. So yeah, it's it's hard, but it's doable. But you're right. It was it was it was very challenging to uh, to get it. But once um, and a big part of it was because a lot of the athletes that were already there before me, you know, bring in the new guy. It's like any yeah. any team that you know. Let's say they love their head coach and their head coach gets fired, and then a new guy comes in and like fuck this new guy. So yeah. I was the new guy, and the the head coach that was there before me was John Cena's best friend growing up, Rob McIntyre, and that was in oh. Tampa. And so when they transitioned from Tampa to Orlando, they brought me in to run the new facility. And yeah. uh, you know, so some of them, you know, they they gave me a fair shake. A lot of them, you know, pretty much, you know, didn't. And I was it was my job to kind of win them over. So I had to be a little bit of a hard ass at first. Yeah. My superior told me, you know, hey. 
take it easy at first, you know, you know, get, you know, don't go crazy. Cause they really like their old coach, but we had to transition away from that. And yeah. so it was hard because I think it's, it's easier to be very strict at first and then loosen up the belt as time goes on, kind of yeah. make them earn, earn the right to loosen it up. But they were telling me to be loose. And then how are you going to come in loose and then get more and more strict? <laughs> right later on? It's fucking you know, bullshit. It's just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. I it was, was just a dick. I was put in that same position, bro. Same exact yeah. position. The people, you know, the above me were like, "You gotta, you gotta slow down. You gotta, you know, stop being so hard on them. You gotta let give them a little, you know, more, you know, leash." And I'm like, "Well, how how is that? How am I gonna do that? Okay, you're you want to give special treatment to certain people, but you know, you you have a, a room full of guys and girls that are tr- they're fighting for a starting position because I didn't give a fuck who you were." It was the best person was going to be the starter. I don't care who you know. I don't care what your background is. If if I'm building the best team possible because that was, you know, it was an inaugural, you know, it was the first season. Yeah. So I didn't care. I was just trying to build the best team. And then so-and-so was like, oh, well, she's sick. Let her take off today. Well, that's not fair because now I can't put her against this other girl to see who's better at this type of shit, you know. Because it wasn't just like who can do the best, you know, exercise for time. It was transitioning. It was working together, knowing their limitations, knowing their threshold, when they can come back out and tag somebody in. You know, it wasn't like go out there and smoke yourself because then you get slow and then you get past. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of strategy involved in it. And yeah. some people were team players and some weren't. But I, I totally get it. And, you know, what's funny is they brought a second coach in the second year because I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe put somebody else in here because they're not, you know, it's just not working for me uh, according well, to what not- they felt. So – yeah, I, we we lost one team. We lost to one team, the freaking DC Brawlers, who were the national champions. And they're like, yeah, maybe they're just maybe you're just not working out as a head coach. Well, guess what? They brought in another guy, Doug Chapman, who's a really good coach, great guy. They did it worse to him than they did to me. And he went back to him, and he's like, yeah, you know what? It's not Steve, man. He was doing what he was supposed to do. Yeah. So you know, it made me feel a lot better. So it, exactly what you're saying, you know, when you when you when they're telling you putting limitations on you being a coach, how are you supposed to do your job? That's right. bullshit. Right. And you like know. they say, uh, great athletes rarely make good coaches. And then here you are mm. in a position where you're working with a lot of great athletes. And yet yeah. they all they all want to be the coach. They all want to be their own yep. individual coach. And they don't want to yep. be told what to do. It's uh, one of those things. You have to be able to, you know, make some kind of sacrifice. And, uh, sure. you know, kind of, I, I don't want to say, you know, bow down, but just put trust in the coach. Let him do the job. Let the coach make the decisions. And you just, yeah. you know, do the work, you know. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. Good shit. Well, you know, one well, of the main things that I want to go ahead, Mike, you go. I'm talking too much, man. Well, I was, I mean, just, I'm just saying like the mentality, you know, like WWE is, you know, they've got a set agenda for how uh, that company's going to make money. And grid had a different agenda for how they were going to make money. And then each athlete on their own, they're trying to make money. So, yeah. you know, you got these, like the grid people, you know, they're thinking, oh, if I have a good season, I could sell programming or I could get another sponsor, you know. So, it's all about yeah, sponsors. I'm just talking bro. about the money, you yeah. know. It's all about yeah. sponsors. Yeah. But not only that, if they, didn't start, if they didn't start, they didn't get paid or they got paid a lot uh, less. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I, I actually, like my strategy was when we went into the finals, I actually benched two of my best athletes because we were, we were going up against Philadelphia and I knew we were going to crush them no matter what. So I wanted my two best athletes to be fresh going against the D.C. Brawlers, who we knew was going to be the toughest team in the league, and they ended up winning the championship. And so maybe I, get your, your second-string people, get, get them some money. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what happened, and I caught a lot of grief in it. But you know what? It worked out. 
you know, we, we almost did, we really did very well in the, in the final, but anyway, we'll get off of that subject. But one of the other things that really, like I've seen you post that video of, I don't even know what you were doing a complex, which was uh, one thing I will say is like, you always, you're very good at coming up with different types of barbell complexes. I always seen that. It was kind of cool watching you on Instagram for the last few years, but I seen you post a video from a while back when, how much weight was that? Like 355? I don't even know. But you know I the one I, I reposted today? Yeah, you, you hit a clean. And, and then, then a front squat. And you did a front squat, and then you did like an eccentric, you know, deadlift, deadlift. you know. Yeah. Which, and then I, I somebody commented, uh, and then you had said something about being, you know, but what about but all the pain that I'm in and all the, you know, the stress now, things are harder to, you know, get these kind of lifts. And it just kind of made me think about like training age and how we get older and how we got to change things. And, you know, that, that was one of the topics that I wanted to talk about because I see a lot of these athletes are getting older and now they're trying to figure out ways to hold on to their health. I mean, I just yeah. had hip surgery three weeks ago, dude. I had bone yeah. spurs. I had chips of bone like the size of Tic Tacs in my hip from all the stupid stuff that I did or just heavy lifting. So I wanted to kind of well, talk about that, man, because I, I, you know, I know you're pretty good at, as far as uh, a coach and a trainer. Um, so that was one of the topics I wanted to, you know, discuss. Yeah. Well, well, so some things that we can avoid, you know, we can, we can train smarter and not always just harder and other mm. things you can't, you know, some of it's just going to happen regardless of if you trained hard and tried to deadlift 600 and all that stuff, you might, you might still be in the same situation anyway. So who knows? But, yeah. um, but what we can do is do the best we can with what we got, you know, and, uh, and I would much rather be a guy that, you know, pushed hard and, and gave his all instead of, you know, leaving a bunch of shit on the table. With that being said, I also don't want to be, you know, end up anywhere near like Ronnie Coleman or something like that, no, where man. you did just the fucking stupid shit. And you're mm. the, the latter half of your life is just completely destroyed. Like that's, yeah. that's no way to live for me, you know? Um, right. But uh, yeah, that, I, for me, it was heavyweight. I used to do a lot more Olympic lifting. I do very little to no Olympic lifting these days. I do some uh, assistance exercises. I, I can't really rack, you know, front squats, my, my elbow. It starts with the shoulder, then the shoulder pain and uh, limited range of motion, and then it starts trickling down to the other joints, and my elbow's kind of destroyed. If I bend my elbow enough, like, you know, flex my elbow, it feels like it's just going to explode. So oh, if man. I try and rack, rack a clean, it just feels like I'm just going to, shit's going to shatter everywhere. Mm. So I just, I can't do it. I could, you could have that tough guy mentality like ah fuck it you know fuck your elbow and you know do it anyway or you can say you know what there's other shit that i can do and i really like the um the idea of marry the mission not the method and my mission now is you know stay healthy and strong and and feel good yeah the the method does not have to be olympic lifting i used to love olympic lifting and powerlifting. i still do and i can still teach it you know for people where i think it's appropriate and they want to learn but i'm not going to force myself into doing cleans and snatches and jerks if my body is just screaming for mercy all the yeah. time you know and somebody else you know yeah what's um, the point right. so i'm going to do other things and i don't have to use bands and chains i'm more than happy to incorporate more body weight training if if that's you know what it takes because I'm going to train, I'm going to, you know, find a way to get things done. I just got to find out what I can enjoy. And part of enjoying it is being pain free. Um, people yeah. say that, that they will do this and that until they're fucking in pain. And it's one of those things. How's the old saying go? 
everybody want to be a badass till they get punched in the face or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so yeah. Once, Mike once Tyson. You're, yeah. yeah, you know, once you're hurting, once you're in pain, you know, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And, you know, it's like I just don't want to be that guy that's like mm-hmm. always in pain, always agonizing. And because and, mm-hmm. then it just starts to take away from so many other areas of your life. And it's much more important to me to kind of, you know, build the business and raise my daughter than it is for me to have a big fucking, you know, clean or big front squat. Like, I don't give a shit. Even if I I go at 50% for the rest of my life, you know, like, I went hard enough earlier on. Yeah, I'm 41 now. I went hard enough. Like, I'm not saying I, I I did all or whatever, but what I did enabled me to i can still jump on 40 some inch boxes i can still sprint and feel good without blowing my knees out mm-hmm. i can still deadlift and, and squat you know 500 these aren't you know going to win me any uh championships but i can live a good life you know yeah. so even, even if i pull back a bit and coast some people would say it's a pussy way to do it I'll, I'll, on the other hand that's not just not my goal anymore maybe at some point yeah. it will be you know maybe i'll maybe i'll have a short term uh, goal of competing at something but it just what do i win what do i win i win a plastic trophy like i yeah. don't give a shit you know yeah exactly well yeah. that's uh if you think about it now in the coaching profession with a lot of these micro gyms opening up and uh you know you got that balance between you got the gym owner who's got to be top of the heat best athlete around he's training to win something and then yep. you got the other gym owners who are focusing on their business and then their own health and fitness goes to shit. So I think there's a happy medium somewhere, you know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of us are trying to find exactly what that, uh, you know, that standard, that happy medium is, but um, you know, it's, I, I think show everyone that you care, treat everyone the best you can, but lead by example. You know, you want to lead from the front. You want to make sure you're getting out there and doing it. I don't have to set all the gym PRs. I do, I would say 10 years ago when I started my first place in Virginia Beach, I was, yeah, I was, I took pride in still being like, you know, top dog and all that yeah. shit. But then you say, well, hey, if you're the, if you're the strongest guy in your gym, you're the, in the wrong gym, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. You know, what are you, what are you going to do? You train hard, you, you have fun with everyone. Now, it it depends. You know, are are you working with athletes? I, I don't have separate programs in my gym. It's all the same. But I will treat the individuals a little bit different based off of what I know what their goals are. If you're yeah. a 45 year old woman who wants you know to look sexy and you know be fuckable and all that, I, you know I'm I'm a you know train you a little bit different. And I don't have mm-hmm. everyone do the same exact workout. I usually have a template that I start with. But I might change, you know, a couple things here and there. Somebody might do supersets while someone else does, you know, straight sets with heavier weight, you yeah. know. But I make sure I start with a general template and I adjust accordingly. At the same time, my business is nothing like Steve's. I'm I'm the one-man band and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm coaching everyone. I'm still fully hands-on, whereas I'm trying to transition away from that where I can, you know, just build the business and have plenty of other trainers do it. So I'm just at a much different level where, where Steve is. He was... Steve, you've been building your uh, gym for over 10 years now, right? right around yeah, you know, it's work. funny because me and Mike are both very similar. He's up in Melbourne. He's got about yep. the same size gym, maybe a little bigger than mine. He's got the same type of staff. But, uh, Matt, what's the name of your gym while, while we're on that? The Strength Shop. Strength Shop. The Strength Shop. Okay. I, I didn't know if you still kept it. So, you basically, you kept, you do, um, do you do group, customized program, uh, yeah. private training? Um, yep. 
I just I want to. Ver- I do very little one-on-one. I'm just, you know, it's it's pretty boring. As you know, you guys have been there years ago, I'm sure. Yeah. So I try and do yeah. the small group, and in the after the the busiest times, you know, first thing in the morning, you know, you're six o'clock and you're five yeah. and six in the afternoon. It's mm-hmm. just all group, and then I, you know, at like th- like right before or after, you know, the the main hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like small group, more customized. But when when you're at the busiest times, it's like, hey, we've got this one workout on the board, and there's just not enough time in space i've got a small gym so i i I don't have you know groups or you know room for everyone to do a completely different workout right 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 right. well that i mean that's you know that the the group training you when you're talking about business and um you know optimally everybody should probably be doing one-on-one but that's a drain on coaching staff it's a drain on you know how many hours are in the day it's a drain on your clients finances um, and then there may be not as much fun. And on the other hand, you could have these big, cheap, uh, you know, $30 a month and there's 50, 50 people in a class and then nobody's getting anything done. So, again, yep. here we are. Happy yeah. medium. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd much rather and I think just elaborating on your point, what you're probably getting at is I'd rather have a good, pretty good program opt to, you know, operating at like a, a pretty good high level of intensity as opposed to the perfect program where no one, you know, it's maybe it's way too expensive. It's not time, you know, efficient. Um, yeah. So you're, you're, right. you're just fun. trying to find that happening. Not fun. Yeah, exactly. It's not fun at all. You're in there all by yourself and, you know, you're constantly like, you know, it, you're either talking too much because, you know, the, the client or the trainer is, you know, yapping a lot or, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's all these other things. But if you get that the right size uh, group and the, the people are all motivated and they all have the basic general idea of, yeah, I want to get stronger, leaner, healthier, you know, improve all, all the basics. And everyone's going to be there willing to help one another, work hard, push each other. Uh, yeah. A little bit of camaraderie goes a long way. And if, sure. if you don't have that camaraderie, that, that small, you know, group team atmosphere, you, yeah. you lose some of the most important things mm-hmm. about what, what having a gym is all about. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, wasn't it, was it Mel Sif or somebody talked about that, that X factor, um, you know, in a gym, whether it's a, you know, a training gym or CrossFit gym or whatever, but you got to kind of strive for that X factor. That's where you get that good combination of, you know, everything's fun. People get along. They're getting good training results. The coaching is good. The atmosphere is good. You know, so I, the community, the community, however you want to word it, you know, it's having that family environment. Everybody gets along. Everybody's, you know, working hard and absolutely inside and outside the gym, you know, Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, the guys will get together after after a workout and go grab a bite to eat or a beer or something like that. Yeah. You know, Friday nights, you know, we we might crack a case of beer and everyone will have a, a little bit and mm-hmm. high five it for a little bit before they head home. So, yeah. you know, creating that community is huge. And Glassman was, you know, the, it's the most brilliant thing he did with with that is getting the community going. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether regardless of all the wads and all that stuff, some people can, you know, bitch and moan about, you know, the randomness or whatever. But he, he built an empire doing things like that. And if you yeah. go back and even look at things, like we said, it, not everything has to be perfect. But if you can, can create a system and community like that, look at the old Joe DeFranco videos from five, ten years ago or however long ago it was. Yeah. And a lot of it is just really pretty bad, like – you know, technique and, but Mm -hmm. everyone's just intense. And when you have athletes like that, shit doesn't have to be perfect. Um, You know, these guys are, you know, 
you get a couple football players on a football field running into each other at you know 20 miles an hour and bones are cracking all these things it's it's not about technique it's about hard it's about power and mm-hmm. speed but yeah. when you watch some of the videos you're like holy shit like go back yeah. like yeah. damn nobody would teach this shit this way anymore you know? <laughs> well yeah. right i mean the, the amount of like the cringe factor on some of the videos right. and you know it's like God, but then, you know, nobody's perfect and you don't know the situation. Is that guy somebody new? Right, you know, right. what's going on? Yep. Or is it, you know, who knows? Yeah, right. I think we all, I think no matter who we are, we all kind of evolved and got better, you know. So, oh, yeah. Um, well, that, bring, you know, that brings up something I was thinking about earlier when we were talking about, you know, getting older and, uh, you know, knowing your body and then changing your goals and changing your uh, what you know, marrying your program to your goals and not the opposite. I think uh, something worth talking about might be, you know, for coaches out there who are either, you know, just starting out or midway, you know, how does that, as you get older and as you experience more different training methods and you go through your own injuries and your own goals and stuff, how does that reflect when you're coaching other people, Matt? I mean, are you taking that all in like – you know, hey, I've been there before and you got to watch out for this or, you know, hey, I got to talk you down off of the fence because I was there once, you know? Well, yeah, I, I think... Is you that know, something you think about when you're coaching? Of course. With uh, with experience comes wisdom. And a lot of these people, they they maybe... And now with social media, that that's a huge factor now because people see so many different things. And I want to try that and I want to do that. Mm-hmm. There's this shiny new object and... Um, <laughs> I try and get people on a program, and my programs don't have a ton of, of you know, variety. Like, we can do, you know, 20 different squat variations, but at the end of the day, they're all squats, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and to, right. to me, well, it's it's the huge thing to me to just change a bar or change position or use a box or don't use a box, but to somebody else, it might all be the same thing. So mm-hmm. every, everyone's going to look at things a little bit differently. Um, and it's, yeah, you're right, that evolution uh, and and having the wisdom to know you tell someone if you keep doing it this way, this is likely what's going to happen to you, but they don't see it. It's like a child who, mm-hmm. you know, is like playing on the tracks and they can't foresee the train coming down two minutes from now, but you're like, get the fuck off the track because mm-hmm. you're in a dangerous situation doing what you're doing. So that's what the parents do. That's yeah. what the coaches do. Um, mm-hmm. They have the foresight and the wisdom because they've, you know, have that experience. They've been down the road before, but a lot of the, the younger athletes in particular, no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't, I don't need, you know, to do this or that or worry about that. And they'll continue on doing something sloppy. And they wonder when oh, I get angry at them. I get pissed. It's like, yeah. why are you not listening to me? You know, I, and then I stop their set or I'll stop what they're doing. Calm them down. Like chill the fuck out. Let's start doing it right. Cause doing it better <laughs> doesn't, you know, doing it harder doesn't always make you better. Like you got to stop, do it better. You know, better is better. You know, harder isn't better. Heavier isn't necessarily better, but yeah. Are you training, are you training youth athletes at all, Matt? I only have a few. I have a couple, I've got a couple sons of, uh, of my parents that are in here. So they bring in their 13, 14 year olds, but I don't have anything younger than that. And they, uh, they just blend well, right in. Re- Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, totally a mature kid can definitely train with adults but i was thinking um you know there's a lot of controversy out there about you know sports specific training you know these kids especially here in florida where we have year-round baseball year-round soccer and you know these kids are on away teams and then they go to some speed camp or something like that where you know there's a coach who wants to use parachutes and bands and 
you know, all kinds of crazy stuff for these kids. And the parents are like, look, they want them to train like professionals. And you're like, this kid's training age is like one, yeah. you know, yeah. and he shouldn't be doing the same movements or the same protocols as a professional athlete. Yeah. What's your take on uh, that whole youth sports performance speed training thing? Ab- absolutely. And um, that's why the, the most of my workouts and programs is kind of a template and everything has a, a regression or a progression de- depending on the the, the individual person or even the individual day. If you're supposed to do X, Y, Z, but you feel like shit today or for whatever, you twisted your ankle getting out of bed, who knows? And it doesn't, especially as, as adults, adults don't need some, you know, super meticulous program with percentages. They just got to move. Um, if you're looking at becoming a strength athlete and you're really trying to, you know, whether powerlifting or something like that, you might need a little bit more detail but I think it's mostly about movement. Are you are you over time? Are you gradually lifting a little bit more, a little bit better technique, you know, things like that. But uh, you're right. It's as long as you have some general regressions and progressions always available and ready to go to make those adjustments, you'll be fine. Um, and you're right. It's I remember in college, my uh, I was good friends, not good friends, but I, I would talk with the basketball coach once in a while, and he would run camps in the uh in the off season basketball camps and he said he would make more money in a couple of these short-term basketball camps just selling soda pop and shit like that and and they would just run drills and they would do a bunch of shit and he's like i have to do these camps and he would even say i don't really think they're very good they're not making anyone better ball players but it gets all of them together they do their thing and because he was the uh he was the local college coach. He could put his name on these camps, and he'd get thousands of kids to come in, and they'd all buy T-shirts and lunch and sodas and all that shit. So that's why he did the camps. It was purely for the money. And, you know, he'd have a bunch of volunteers, so it didn't cost him a whole lot to do it, but he'd, he'd get all this revenue. And, uh, yeah, you're right. And in Florida, we see these people, whether it's baseball uh, you know, tennis, you know, these, these sports are huge down here all year long. And we, we're seeing tons of more Tommy John surgeries in 13 and 14 year olds, yes. which mm-hmm. is absolutely insane. Why is a 13 year old, he shouldn't be throwing like I, and I try and, you know, preach to them the importance of being a better athlete when you're younger, you, you want lots of different movement patterns. So play different sports. Don't play the same sport year round, but if that's what they like, and every parent thinks that their kid is the next freaking Nolan Ryan or goddamn LeBron James when they're 12 years old. And it's like, man, like the, he, he needs more athleticism. He, there's so much more for him to do right now. And the likelihood of him getting, you know, a scholarship to college when he's 14, is, you know, is, is ridiculous. Anyway, so what are you even thinking? Like, Get them out there doing that, and you know, I, I just, I try and get them to be a little bit more well-rounded. But at the end of the day, it's what they want to do, what their parents want to do. Sometimes they listen, and uh, you know, a lot of times they don't. Yeah, yeah, a lot of times they don't. I mean, I think the, you know, the parents. You, know, you talk about the camps and stuff. Those are good sells if you're running a business because, you know, you're not really training these kids. They're only going to be there for a couple weeks, so yep. you just got to do what you got to do. But the parents are influencing this from what they see and you know i guess if the kid was in your training session they would do what you told them but the parents are going to put the kid somewhere where the parents think they're going to get value in. yeah what they think is value is doing what the pros are doing or doing what the college kids are doing and you know looking at they're looking at that college scholarship without doing the work up front you know they're just like oh if this kid learns how to run faster he can get his college scholarship you know yeah i don't know 
crazy out there. Yep. You know, it's funny because we start training kids at the age sometimes five in here. And, you know, obviously it's mostly just like bodyweight stuff, maybe some running, teach them how to climb over a box and stuff like that. I got kids that have been in here that literally, like I have a girl right now, she's 13 years old. I'm telling you, she like really just all she does is Olympic lifting now. She's getting ready to compete again. Her technique is so freaking flawless, bro. I mean, it's just, it's sick. You know, she's been with me probably since she was, it's got to be at least five years now. And, you know, when you're younger like that, obviously, you don't have any, like, injuries. You don't have any flexibility issues. And, you know, we all, we're all we all born with that. And probably no ego. Yeah, we're all born probably with that. No yeah, I know, too. yeah. But we're all born with that. The problem is we lose it because we're sitting on our asses all the time and we don't move. And, you know, yeah. man, I'm stiff as hell, too. I used to be able to do a lot better at stretching, and I'm stiff as hell, and I'm, I'm trying to get it back. But, um, you know, just teaching kids at a young age is so important, man. I mean, these parents, you know – I'm, you know, some of these kids coming in at 13, 14 years old, man, they're already like super tight and they can't squat right. And, you know, they've been taught by some high school coach how to squat and it's, it's horrible, man. It really is horrible. Yep. Um, Yep. We we get all kinds. Well, haven't we all said, I, I know all three of us have probably said this, that if I knew then what I knew now, of course, I would have been a whole lot better athlete when I was younger. Right. Yep. Yep. And so how do we, you know, how do we get that across to the, uh, the consumers of fitness and training? You know? Well, it's kind of like the old, uh, what's that old story? The three little pigs, right? Like if, uh, if you're trying to build a solid base and foundation, that, that brick house, right? You know, it takes a little bit of time and there's a lot of focus and dedication to kind of the, the fundamentals, the boring stuff. When the guy across the street right. can preach all this awesome cool fun fluffy new exercises that don't really do shit but other people think it is like you said the speed ladders the parachutes the the battle ropes and all these kind of goofy gimmicky kind of things and you can do these flashy cool exercises and make cool instagram videos but you never really developed anything because you don't have a a a strong foundation a strong base to do that off i think like Ripito says it well when there's some exercises that are like they showcase your ability and then there's other things that build oh, your right. ability. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, 100%. you know, it's, it's one of those things. So it's hard to build a business with integrity when the guy next door can undersell you, you know, do it cheaper and try and steal your clients and do all this fun stuff. And it looks good because it's flashy. Other people want to do it. It's no different in, in the restaurant business. Anybody can open a new restaurant across the street and, and have some cool new thing. Maybe they go out of business in a year. Who knows? But, mm. you know, if you, so if you want to stay in business, you got to find, like you said earlier, you got to find that happy medium with uh, giving people what they want versus what they need as well so i believe you know you sell them what they want and give them what they need and uh if yeah you just if they you find a way to keep them happy with some of the fun stuff but you're still making sure that they're they're uh chipping away at the basics and getting better at the fundamentals you know Mm. pretty well and and that's that's the constant yeah it is and having having a young athlete like that where you know, you can you have the time to dedicate and work with them and, and get them, you know, established. And they're, next thing you know, they're 13, and then they're they're lifting beautifully, and there's there's no issues. And you, and you're not rushed to like put you know a bunch of weight on the bar. They, there's plenty of time to just practice, 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 and and do things instead of them thinking they got to set PRs every week. Every time I've had someone to try to break break records like week in week out, 
you know, they end up, you know, tweaking shit and they, they're mm-hmm. constantly frustrated when it's like, Hey man, just go out and practice, man. You don't yeah. need to, you don't need to rush the clock and all that. There's a time and a place for all that. But I think the more competitive you get like early on, you know, I, I think people really start to mess things up a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's like, uh, that's like one of the scenarios with CrossFit, you know, Steve and I both, both have CrossFit affiliates, yeah. but when every workout is a competition, um, especially when you bring new people in, you know, they're breaking records, they're PRing every day, yep. right? Because they're new, right. right? And so, and then they get addicted to that, or they get to feel like that's the norm, right. and that's that's, what that's the norm doing. every day. I'm at some point, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, most of the good CrossFit affiliates with good coaches that have been around for a while, they know they need to be backing away from that. They need to be have some kind of system in place where people can progressively get better without the feeling like they're competing every day. Right. Competition's great, but you can't do it every day. Right. You know it's, this. The NFL doesn't play. It, exactly. That reason. was going to be my right. point. You look at any sport, they play – they, they compete once in a while, but for every one competition, there's five, six, ten practices, you know. So, and then same thing with you go to class. You, what if you just went to class and you had a test every single day, but you never actually, like, study Crazy. and learn, you know. It's like that would, that would be stupid. So you go all week long, you practice, you learn the material, and then you test at the end of the week, whatever it is. So it's. I think I, I think great, that was that's great. Yeah, analogy. that's that's something that a lot of people don't do is they don't just practice enough. And they'll say, "Well, how many sets? How many reps?" And it's like, keep the intensity low enough so it's not going to beat the living shit out of you. And you can practice this shit every single day. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not right. I'm not saying that people should do a squat every day program or snatch every day, but I just mean regularly practice regularly. And if I was a surfer. I wouldn't count how many waves I'm getting. I would just say, hey, man, I had a great day surfing. Not every wave is going to be your biggest, you know, big kahuna wave. Not every one is going to, you know, you're you're not going to get, you know, multiple sets in a row. You just go out and you get caught up. You get zen in being on the water and catching waves. Just like you can, you know, it's like soul lifting. My buddy has a gym called Soul Lift in uh, in Pennsylvania. And you just just do the work. And it's what it's all about. It's a non-competitive gym. And it's a lot of women, and uh, they seem to love it. He's got a he's got a great little local following in Pittsburgh, and uh, and you know I, I I love his concept. You know, it's just people go in, they they love to do the training and all that. And when you get caught up, when you get caught up with the idea of falling in love with doing the work and not just getting the result, I think that's when the results really start to come. When you kind of take your 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 eyes off of losing the 20 pounds like if that's the only thing that matters to you is losing 20 pounds and you can't think about anything else except losing 20 pounds you know it 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 becomes very hard but if you just take your mind off the numbers off the scale and just get caught up in doing the work get focused on doing the work the Mm -hmm. the weight's going to fall off you know obviously if you're doing the other things right eating right and and everything else getting your sleep but yeah uh, I don't know, but I, I like being goal oriented. But at the same time, when you're so fixated on that, you kind of get that you, you lose track of everything else. Yeah, you get unhealthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, we see see well, a lot of that uh, in my gym too. That comes. That's uh. Well, yeah. I mean, just being myself, being new to jujitsu, 
Uh, somebody put it really succinctly, like, I, you know, I'm 52. I'm not trying to become a black belt. Yeah, got week, fu- right? He got his ass kicked by a 12-year-old um, yesterday. He said, didn't, <laughs> well, it'll didn't, happen. Yeah, yeah, didn't tap out. <laughs> I mean, you got to be really that's humble. Not, not you got to be really humble to step into that world. Yeah. Yes. At any age, it's I give you, I give you credit, Mike, seriously, man, because that shit ain't easy, man. It ain't yeah, easy. Man. Well, no, it's not easy. But my point is, is that I'm not trying to be a black belt. I'm trying to go – each day get a little bit better um yep. you know and enjoy the process yeah. of learning something new and you know finding a different way to move my body and you know the confidence that you get from it but you know if you're focused on getting a black belt then man you, you know you're going to be in trouble so somebody put it this way to me goes you know um what are you doing are you in the store or i'm walking out of my gym bro i gotta go to i gotta i gotta <laughs> somebody <laughs> sorry yeah you must have got paid. I don't have that. a I don't have a mute button on <laughs> this thing. I'm trying. Go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> but anyway, um, so somebody, you know, put it. If you know, if you just if you go every, you're going to be somewhere in ten years, yeah. right? You're going to be at some place in life in ten years. You might as well be a black belt, right? So if it takes that long, it takes that long. Just enjoy the process. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Steven's over here. This sounds like the beginning of a Pink Floyd song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's my keys, dude. I'm uh, jumping in my truck. I got to go to uh, rehab for my hip. So uh, that was uh, that was a whole nother, you know. Hey, my hip's been bothering Matt, me for a while, Steve, dude, so I'm finally fixing it. Yeah. Hey, well, can you, Matt, can you tell Steve about multitasking, <laughs> how, how well that works? Um. I, I don't know. I usually uh, I usually drop the ball half the time. You know, fo- try and focus on one thing at a time. Other people are a lot better, you know, at, than me. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the one yeah, to talk to about. It doesn't work. It's, it's tough. Yeah, it's I know. Tough. Right? It doesn't work. On a, on I used to be able to do it a lot better than I can now. That's for sure. As you get older, it gets harder. Yeah. While we're joking around, if you if you guys who are out there are listening, if you get on Matt's Facebook. Um, you got a video from a while back. You were at, were you at Cocoa Beach or Daytona Beach? And um, you had a Bud Light can. Oh, yeah. It's a slow motion video. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, that little, was awesome, dude. You're the you're little Miller Light, little Miller Light action. It was, uh, yeah, it was, I forget why that happened, but yeah, we we're just drinking on the beach a little bit. But I was, <laughs> I had my head laying on my, on my girlfriend's backside, and I'm just pouring beer all over my face. And when you see, you know, beer splashing off some, lovely butt cheeks so uh, i don't know it's enticing <laughs> it is awesome uh, i've dubbed you the funniest man in fitness <laughs> from knowing you diamond for a while. dave man and uh you know following <laughs> following you and stuff dude it's freaking and you know on when we talk back and forth on the uh facebook pages and stuff yeah. it's just hilarious dude. Yeah. you crack me up every I time think, i, I think it. so many people just take shit so seriously all the time and they and and they, they oh, lose God, sight yeah. of the bigger picture like you're supposed to have fun and uh you know i i was very competitive when i was younger you know i was all-american football player in college and shit and that's that's great i think you should be driven but as life goes on you start to realize what's really important to you. And if, if it is lifting in athletics and, you know, I understand, but how many of us are lifting in West side barbell where like, if you don't do one thing perfectly, Chuck Vogelpool is going to rip your fucking head off. You know, like we don't live, we don't live in that world. Right. You know, I don't live in that world. We're, we're having fun getting people fit. So there's a big difference between fitness and competitive lifting. And, um, 
I don't know, man. I, I like to have fun and I like, I love being in this industry, even with the amount of, uh, shenanigans and tomfoolery that goes on with this. And that's a bigger reason why I do. I kind of make fun of our industry itself. Like I love it, but at the same time, there's so many freaking shysters out there and people that are trying to steal your money Mm -hmm. and with blatant lies and bullshit. And I think with some of my jokes, it's just kind of like poking fun at what's going on out there and trying to open people's eyes that it's really fucking goofy. And you, you see guys like JP Sears, he, you know, he does his spoof videos and a bunch of... Oh, he's killing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, he's killing it. I mean, he's probably a millionaire now off of, off of his shit. And it just comes down to knowing how to work the social medias, how to yeah. how to get, uh, you know, not monopolize it, but monetize it, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some people are really good. You look at a guy like Elliot Hulse, he found a way to generate a lot of money doing it. Um, I just never really found a way to kill the internet, you know, and, and pull a lot of money out of it. And uh, But there's a lot of people that are, and there's... And I've even seen over the years people that I've you know had a lot of respect for, and they were working really hard, and they're putting out amazing information, but not making much money. So they had to just do the thing, do the system, and what a lot of people would say is selling out. You know, creating some kind of, you know, goofy system or whatever to that would be more appealing to a lot more people. And all of a sudden, they sell a lot more eBooks. Yeah. You know, so you got to yeah. say, you know, I don't. They're not selling out. Maybe they're still doing what they believe in, but if you want to sell books, you're going to have to appeal to a lot of people. So I don't know. It's it's. Well, it's you said it. You said it earlier when you said you know you got to sell the people what they want and then give them what they yeah. need. Yeah. And I think if you you know as a gym owner, as a coach, as somebody you know who does this for a living, um, you know being able to do that is going to be the key to your survival. And of course, social media is the thing, right? You got to be able to somehow get your stuff out there and monetize it. Yeah. And there, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it. But man, if you're training people every day at five thirty in the morning and then you know all eight o'clock at night, you know, how much time do you have to go in there and dig deep and figure out how to figure out Facebook or Instagram? You know, exactly, exactly. And I found myself in that situation a lot. And if you got a family, you know, you're supposed to be. In multiple places at the same time, you know, you, you really lose that aspect of your life. And there's millions of personal trainers that are doing that. They, you know, they, their books are, you know, solid filled with clients, but it's one-on-ones and, uh, you know, it's extremely time consuming. So trying, trying to find a way to uh, capitalize on, on big groups and just, you know, less money, work smarter, you know, not harder, all that. And it's a, it's, it's a process. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are uh, being the business coach now. Some are good, some maybe not. I think there's just a lot of uh, plagiarism going on. Oh, my God. But, um, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Every day my feed is riddled. With, and, you know, and I've called a few of them, and it's the same stuff over and over again, man. Yeah. It's a different, yeah. Just a different you brand. Know. Right. And, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to knock them. If you see uh, a system that works, it's like, well, I can do that. Let, let me do it too. And you basically just steal someone else's system yeah. and try and, you know, do the same damn thing. And it goes for any company, any business, you know, McDonald's kind of thing. And, hey, you mean I can make fast food, you know, burgers? Yeah, why not? Um, Rogue, you know, Rogue didn't invent the squat rack, but they're probably the most or one of the most popular ones out there. They're all stealing each other's ideas, no doubt. putting it all out there and, you know, um, and if without competition, you know, the consumer's going to suffer with having to pay an insane amount of money for a product that someone else could make a little bit cheaper. So they're going to take turns doing each other's idea and trying to sue each other and, you know, whatever. But it's it's been going on between 
every company forever. Apple versus IBM. I mean, fill in the blank, man. Everyone's been yeah. doing it. Free enterprise, man. Free yeah, enterprise. That's, great. that's it. That's it. Cool. Awesome. So this has been a good talk, man. Matt, we're going to see you on social media <laughs> when you tighten up your game. Tell us, tell us where we can find the strength shop on the socials. Yeah, man. If you just look up the strength shop on Facebook and Instagram and even Twitter, I don't use Twitter much, but, uh, yeah, that's it. And then my name, Matt Wichlinski. So you can, I have a, 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 an account for both the strength shop and, uh, and Matt Wichlinski. There is, uh, a, a company, a fitness equipment company called strength shop, which by the way, I have to, uh, not recommend because i bought some shit from them in the past and everything's fucking bent nothing like buying a brand new bench that just wobbles on you like crazy and you got to glue wood wood shims under it and all that so i hate to say it but you know i don't know who's been around longer my gym the strength shop or their their fitness (laughs) equipment company i you should sue them i should sue yeah you should sue well mine has d in front of the name so I have no idea, but uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things, man. So yeah, the strength shop and Matt Wichlinski, and uh, if you follow me, I'll give you a high five. Cool, bro. Cool. I think uh, I think you All need right, to guys. bring. Uh, I think Diamond Dave needs to come out of retirement. That would have been your big money maker, dude. Oh, that would have been <laughs> yeah. your big money maker. I, yeah, you could get him. That, he's got the he's got the DDP yeah. yoga yeah. plan going right now. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, I did. I did the yoga thing for a little while. That was back in May, I think. And, uh, I, I, I try to get some laughs going. Some people like it, get a kick out of it. But again, I should probably monetize that shit somehow. At least start selling some T-shirts or something when yeah. I run a series. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So anybody who's listening, get out there and uh, help Matt, Matt monetize this. Buy a T-shirt. <laughs> no, you know, like seriously, Matt. Like what I liked when you used to do is you would come up with, like, different barbell complex movements and stuff like that. And I'd yeah. be like, man, that's a freaking awesome idea. And, you know, a lot of these gym owners, man, they see that stuff, and they're like, you know what, we're going to try that. And uh, yeah. they'll program that stuff. Uh, not not saying that, uh, like, that's a bad thing. It's just kind of like a fun thing, you know. And Right, um, right. But that, and I, I, definitely, I definitely went full retard sometimes in doing shit I shouldn't have been doing. I started – there was one where I started throwing the barbell over my head mm-hmm. and catching it and everything. And it's like, okay, now I've become, you know, part of the problem. Like, and that's, that's you know, being res- – there's a, a responsibility well, aspect. Other people see it and it's monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. They see me throw it and, you know. And it's entertaining, man. Well, look at – dude, yeah. it's not just you. This look is, at – Look at Dmitry Klokov, dude. Some of the shit that guy does is insane, man. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Well, he's way stronger than I'll ever yeah. be. Well, and, I mean, uh, he's, he's, he's a monster. Yeah, he's amazing, that dude, man. He's Russian mm-hmm. strong. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, Matt, the, so before we go, that uh, brings up people who are listening. They need to check out. Maybe, Stephen, could, we could put a link up to it. You have a pretty famous video <laughs> from the early CrossFit days. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if you want to mention. I think we all everybody can laugh about hilarious. that stuff now. I think I that I think that thing's gotten how many hits that thing got by now, bro? A million? I don't know. There's 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 quite a few. That's I mean, the thing. Uh, yeah. But I know that we the three of us chatted a couple months back and we brought this up yeah. and it, it's it's one of those things. Yeah. I was in a, a CrossFit gym just as a guest, yeah. you know, and it was. I became friends with the owners, and they're great guys. They're good coaches, but it was one of those things, and we made this point earlier about once things become extremely competitive, 
you kind of lose sight on the bigger issue of like, okay, we're doing this thing for health, yeah. but let's try and, uh, you know, do something as something that we're not very good at that we have very little practice at and let's do it as hard and fast and as intense as possible. So the, the workout was, uh, it was a CrossFit open and it was something like a hundred snatches in a row at in, increasing ascending, uh, intensity. And the weight started at like, uh, empty bar for the women or like 95 pounds or 65 pounds for the guys you can do 30 snatches and then you add like 30 pounds and do yeah. 30 more snatches add yeah. 30 pounds and, 30 and it was like snatches. burpees or something in the middle of it i kind of remember it i think i honestly think it was just pure snatch it may have been yeah i could i could be wrong i could be wrong but um that's anyway I, it was a lot of snatches and i'm just like watching this shit go <laughs> and then the, they they topped out uh, the workout was like you get to 210, and then you just do as many until the time runs out. Yeah. I think it's 10 minutes. Yeah. And uh, these guys said that they've never um, – or their max was around 150 or 160. So they, yeah. when they got to 165, yeah, it, it was 165, and, and, then it, and then it went up to uh, 210. And not one of them would have been yeah, okay. That and that's yeah. – so that's part of the thing about in a competition, if you have three misses, you know, yeah. like you're out. You know what I mean, yeah, and that's it, and that's to save you. And you, you didn't, know? and you but, didn't do ninety reps before it either. <laughs> right, right. Now you can miss as many as you want, like miss, miss. It lands on your head. You got a fucking cartoon sized noggin, yeah. like coming out. So they're just missing, and it's just some of the most atrocious stuff. And it's like I'm begging in my head for the coach to throw the white towel. I'm like, please stop this stuff. And it's just, he's not stopping it. And I'm watching it go. And then I had time to still pull out my phone and just, which is a dick move. I, I, I should, in retrospect, I would have no, never no. done it again yeah. because I, I like the guy. In retrospect, it's genius. <laughs> it's genius. <laughs> well, I just wish it could have been more anonymous and not like showed their faces. Like, yeah. I, I should have put that, that goofy, like, uh, uh, what's the the internet Emoji. troll yeah. the internet troll face like the big smiley goofy guy? I should have put his face on everything. Yeah. You still would have gotten the gist of it. And the funny, but, thing, uh, the funny yeah. thing is, man, I'm friends with all those guys. And you know what? Like yeah. they laugh about they laugh about that shit now. You know, I mean, it, it stung yeah. back then, but uh, yeah. you know, they're they're it, it's funny. And and they, you know, they're they're good athletes too. I mean, Steve, yeah, they're they're very good. Steve Steve's a little older. He's probably banged up he's not really into it anymore but the other the other two guys are freaking beasts yeah beasts Don, donovan's a, a monster beast, he was, uh, yeah yeah and I, I can't remember the other guy he's a firefighter too up in palm beach county i can't believe i'm forgetting oh, yeah. his name but dude like that guy put on like 20 pounds of muscle and he turned into a freaking nature man you know so. i thought the oldest guy was uh was a lawyer and i think he no was the, the money guy. no, no there's another guy that was uh, yeah steve uh, steve is uh the older guy steve he's uh you know, I think Cochran or something. Like that. Yeah. yeah, he's he's just he's just a business. He's an entrepreneur. We'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> right on. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Yep. All right, awesome man. Good well, job. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. Good Let talk, me talk. We'll man. do it again soon. Definitely, brother. Yeah, let's do it, man. See you on the internet. All right, take care. All right, man. We'll have a good one. Bye, Bye. guys.